All right, and we're live. First live podcast we've done. This is the first one. We've already yeah. been live for for a little bit. For we've been what are we about thirty minutes in or something? Not like an hour. So about an hour, and we well we talked for about thirty minutes before worked out all of our problems that we don't want to talk world's. about. Well, my all the world's problems for me are in in my own head. So we worked out all those for the moment. <laughs> I feel better. <laughs> we got to talk about things we don't want to talk about on the podcast because, you know, there's just things you don't want to talk about on the podcast. So, and since Brandon is, you know, one of my cl- closest friends and family, I can talk to him about anything, which is nice. So that's why we like to share these things with you guys. The things that, we, you know, aren't going to necessarily spoil other parts of our life for us. Things that we can't legally talk about, things that we can't um, talk about emotionally because maybe other people are emotionally involved. So we keep those off. But here, you know, we're starting up a new season now and we're getting um, we want to just start to talk about how we are doing. And it's not really that great a lot of the times. And I want to talk about that. Um, I think that, uh, you know, I'm still not seeing a lot of maybe I don't listen to a lot of podcasts. I don't find a lot of things, but. I'm still feeling like I don't hear a lot of uh, of the negative, not negative, but like, you know, the real shit that's happening to people. Like, example for me, one of, one of the things that I want to talk about today is that I need to get better at taking my own advice because, mm. you know, I'm good. I'm good at uh, really good at giving it and I'm good at knowing what I'm supposed to do, but actually acting on that and and really doing it in the moment are two different things. You know, I'm overreactive a lot of times. Uh, I'm underreactive a lot of times. And I'm trying to find that middle center ground. Where can I finally find a place where I can keep motivation, a place where I can keep calm, a place where I can control my thoughts, a place where I can control my my desires, and a place where I can control, you know, my addictions, which I've, I've been pretty good at that. You know, not not too bad. Um, and a place where I can really just start to uh, thrive and realize that, you know, it's not always good. In fact, a lot of times it just sucks. <laughs> yeah. A lot of times life sucks. And and that's part of it, right? Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? You're not going to change things sucking. They just suck. Right? What do you think, Brandon? Man, so my girlfriend today was talking about, you know, I th- we hear a term spiritual bypassing where it's just like, well, you know, it's just, you know, it's just karma or it's just whatever. You, you, you trump it up to like, you basically try to avoid the human experience by diving to like using spirituality as like a, an escape. But she was bringing up the concept of cognitive bypassing, which is, you know what? Things are shitty and sometimes maybe we just don't need to like put words to it, right? Like maybe we're just meant to feel like, you know what? I feel shitty and maybe it's not something that like I need to fix right now. Cause I, I know for me, if I'm feeling shitty, it's like I use all my power to figure out why and how to fix it. Mm-hmm. And it's not always like a linear problem to solve, right? It's not just like, or we can put it on people on things where that's not necessarily the real root of the reason all the time. It can be a mm-hmm. factor in it, but using that kind of cognitive bypassing of like, some things are just meant to be felt. And like, by like allowing yourself the space to just feel it, and accept that like, you know what? Yeah. Life sucks sometimes. Yeah. Things are shitty. Things are hard. 
and not get stuck in the like life will always be this way. Just like things can be really good. Things can also be really bad and not try to put logic to everything we do. Cause I know as someone who's like a fixer, I'm going to spend all my brain power figuring out the like, huh, you know, it must've been this thing. And if I do this different, I'll feel better. And you might get a temporary fix, but does it actually fix the problem? You know? So I think you bring up a good point, man. I think there's a, a lot out there right now on like, there's a lot of, uh, philosophers before they've become king. And I don't think either of us are trying to say that we're philosophers or kings, but I think there's something powerful in like, and just sharing the human experience. Yeah. I'm, you know, yeah. being able to relate to it for yeah, me is helpful. Absolutely. Hearing what you're going through. So I can relate to it, you know, same with others. I, I've kind of gotten to a point in my life where I don't care if people relate to it anymore. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm almost good being unrelatable. Maybe that's relatable. I don't know. But you, but I'm like, you know, you bring up a very interesting point of, you know, our, we're supposed to feel bad at times. And that sucks because we don't want to have to feel shitty. We don't have to be in a bad mood. We don't have to feel pain. But I'm, I've been trying to, like, compare. I, I always take things to the extreme that's in my life, that's in my thinking, everything else. So like in my thinking, I'm like, okay, what's the absolute worst here? What's the absolute best? Like when something is, when things are really good, right? And I know I've talked about this before, but when things are really good, can you think about the bad? Or do you just rejoice in that good? Like, damn, this is good. I don't want this to end. This is so good. I'm just, I'm making so much money right now. I'm with the girl that I wanted right now. I, I'm, you know, landing all my tricks. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm affording everything. I'm traveling the world. I'm getting so many followers. Like that is an amazing space to be in whatever that is for you. You know, business is firing, but can you also accept the bad with that? Like, like, Mm -hmm. am I also going to be like, can I just like, okay, things are horrible right now. I'm losing everything. My wife left me, my child, my, my, a death of a child, uh, a, um, you know, I got injured. I can't walk again. Like there's things that can happen to you that are just um, the gnarliest thing you could ever imagine. What happens then? You know, mm-hmm. what happens when like, if you take these polar opposites of the best thing that could happen to you to the worst thing that can happen to you, what do you do with those? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, what do you yeah. do when you, but, but here's the best thing that ever happened to you. You won the lottery. Okay. You don't have a choice mm-hmm. anymore. You're now worth a billion dollars. Whatever mm-hmm. you thought your life was like before, and however great you thought your life was going to be after are not probably not what you thought it was going to be. Right. Yeah. You get in, in an accident and now you're paralyzed and you're stuck in a wheelchair the rest of your life. You thought you never really thought that that could happen to you. And here it is. It's how we take those things and go to the next level. What do we do with that? How do we show up? Right? Like, how am I going to show up mm-hmm. if I'm okay? I'm fucking in a wheelchair and I'm, I'm a surfer and I ride bikes. What am I going to do with that? Okay. I'm going to figure out how to stay in shape. I'm going to figure out this and that. I'm going to try to find the bright side or you're going to go to drugs. Right? The good yeah. side is... The good side of that would, or the other option is 
you know, the good thing happening to you, which would be a lot of people would consider good, would be winning the lottery. And what happens there? You either give all your money away to your family, you lose all your family because people either want, everybody comes out of the woodwork and wants something from, from you. Or you go to partying and drugs, <laughs> which yeah, a lot of people do, you know? I mean, so it's the, like, or the you give an it, example where that like has ruined a lot of lives. Yeah. There's something that would seem like such a blessing has ruined. I know someone personally that ruined their marriage and they said they were going to pay for my college with it. I they didn't, but you know, it's like they ended up just splitting them up. I don't, I don't know what happened to them, but it seemed like kind of tanked their life after winning it. Yeah. So, so, you know, that's, and then most of us are living right somewhere in between that, right in between where the, where the, the white and the black come, come together and where most of us are in that, the majority of us are in that gray area. Cause that's well, where we're supposed to be. Life, life is the gray area. There's no black and white. And I think what we are talking about is just a, always a reminder to like, to try to do our best to always live in the present. Right. Cause they're always just moments. Oh, here's a moment that feels shitty. Oh, here's a moment that feels good. Can you take with the same amount of like, Something really good just happened. You just got a really, you had a really good day surfing. You had a really good day at business. That that high you feel from that, can you take that same feeling and apply it to when you're feeling really bad in the same kind of way of like, I'm really absorbing this feeling right now. And they're totally different feelings, but they're kind of one in the same, right? It's like the yin and yang to it all. Can we still hold them both with the same amount of reverence and the same amount of a presence? You know, something I heard where it's, it's living in the past causes depression, living in the future causes anxiety and living in the present causes peace. Because for me, I, I tend to be less of someone who lives in the past, but I get anxious about the future based off of things that happened in the past. Right. Where, like you said, you could get, you know, it's the age old thing where you could get hit by a car tomorrow. You could, your life could also turn around for the better tomorrow. So why, some I've been catching myself a lot in, I guess is what I'm trying to say is I try to over plan to the 10th nth degree thinking that all my plans are going to go exactly a certain way. Like I got the next four months laid out and let me tell you how it's going to happen. And you know what? It's never gone that way. And so something that's been really tough for me lately, because especially in the last part of that of last year, all the, big, exciting, happy plans that I had kind of fell through for my career is just being like, you know what, here I am. And all you keep, do is keep going and realizing that one day can change everything around. So just do what you do every day and keep chugging forward with something that makes you happy and something that makes you in service and productive in life. I am so impressed by you, Brandon, and the way that you're handling your situation that you're in right now. You know, you completely changed your life. You you uprooted yourself and moved to this new city. And, you know, you had some big plans with some people and things fell apart on you. And you're, you know, you're, you've taken the time to reconnect with yourself. And it's pretty awesome. I, I, you, you inspire the shit out of me, man, because I would be pissed off. I would be... <laughs> I would be angry. I'd be talking shit because that's me. I'm I'm more of the, uh, you know, let's fucking go guy. But you're yeah. you're handling your way of handling it is uh, it's impressive, you know. 
you know, can you can you talk a little bit about what, what yeah. happened? Well, thanks, man. I mean, it's definitely not that I don't have my days where I'm pissed off, but then like anytime I get pissed off, it's just me playing the victim mentality. And then by taking the victim mentality, I'm taking any sort of uh, chance that I have of bettering my life out of the equation. Because then all of a sudden I'm out of control. I don't have control by being a victim. Mm-hmm. If, if I, if it's, it's it turn it from the something that's happening to me to I am creating this experience right now, then mm-hmm. I regain control, you know? So basically yeah, what happened is, you know, moved to, to, to Austin to work on a record. And, you know, unfortunately the, the, the age old thing of never work with shady Hollywood people, but sometimes they seem really intriguing. And, uh, unfortunately that, uh, yeah, followed, followed me here and, a, a great record I was going to be working on kind of all fell apart and kind of just disbanded as soon as I was en route moving here. So, um, yeah, you know, the, the, the hard thing was for me is allowing the space to, to grieve it and not just go right into, into hustle mode. Like, cool, that's not happening. I'm going to find something else. I'm going to make something better. Cause out of what? I just uprooted everything. All my connections are back in California and here I am. What, you know, am I going to just turn around and go back? No, not right now. So what opportunities do I have? And then when you realize it's like, I, I went from everything to like, cool, I'm going to spend the, the little bit I have in savings to buy a house, build a recording studio out of it. Just, you know, by South by Southwest, be bringing people in, recording them going like, okay, there's an idea. That can happen, but nothing was working out for us. So instead of cracking my head against a wall to make something happen, what can I do right now that actually, you know, people say in flow, but really is the path of least resistance, which was, you know, for the first time in 12 years, actually taking some real downtime and reflecting on what do I actually want out of life and what do I want to do every day? If I'm going to work, what do I want to work on every day and what can I do now to help propel that because I already know I can work really hard. So why create hard work for myself if I don't need to? I've already proved for the past 12 years I can stay up every night and work. So I should have faith in myself that I'm not going to lose my edge if I take a little downtime to contemplate, to just work on my own music for the first time in a long time and, and replan. And, you know, even though that was the thing that I, the most uncomfortable doing is being the guy without a plan and just kind of having mellow days. It turned out to be the best thing because it created space for me to refigure things out. I, I, um, I finally got like a, a website together and started diving back into producing people and producing an artist in Canada right now, some people here in Austin and working remote and getting to help younger artists with the knowledge I've gained. So I get to share and pass on knowledge and help people create music while I'm getting to create my own music again. And it's stuff that's opening new doors that I don't know if I could have seen if I was so in this album mode. So, so, you know, life always works that way where new doors open and by no means was it like I, there wasn't days where I was really fucking pissed off and wanted to hit some walls or something or some people, (laughs) but yeah, you know, what, what good's that going to do you? Then you're playing the victim again. So, I mean, I appreciate, I appreciate you saying that, man, because it's not that it's like been easy, but sometimes when life throws you curveballs, it just leads you to where exactly you're going to be. I, I've been listening to a lot of Naval Ravikant, and he said something that really stuck with me where every time you fail in life is actually bringing you exactly to where you want to be. 
Because then yeah. it opens these new doors, these new ways of thinking where you're like, oh, I see this new way now that is actually so much better or could be so much better than what I saw before. Yeah, for sure. I feel you, man. That's, that's um, you know, I... There's a, uh, I don't know, man, I've, I've dealt with them different ways. I've, I've had some pretty big losses in the past, pretty major losses that I look back at and I'm glad that they happened. I wasn't ready for it at that time anyway. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I you know, I've learned to take everything as my fault, no matter what happens, it's my fault. I chose the partner. I chose the type of business. I chose the relationship. I chose everything because no one forced me to do anything. So mm. at the end of the day, everything's my fault because I could have done something to prevent it. When I have problems with employees at the office, I go, well, don't worry, it's my fault, you know? And so they get uncomfortable with that sometimes. And I'm like, well, I could have, I don't you know, necessarily say it, but I guess I'm saying it now, but could have trained them better. I could have showed them better. I could have, you know, showed them things that would have led to that not happening. Um, so we, I think just you, the amount of accountability that you're taking in sense of your own well-being and that you're that you know that this is you you needed some rest. I think you did need rest. You were you were running you were redlining it for a long time. <laughs> Quite many years. Right, yeah. like, like I don't know how you're doing that, not doing drugs. Like that's a lot of work. A lot of coffee and Jeez. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know. I, I think there's some I don't know if you, you you must feel this where if you get so excited about something, it's its own source of caffeine. Yeah. Waking, if you're like working on something, it like energizes you where the mornings and the evenings can get pretty groggy. But when you're in it, you're just like caffeinated with creative life force energy or something. I follow that guy, Doc Amen. And uh, he he had a really good uh, explanation of, of uh, procrastination and what what it is. So or not procrastination, uh, ADD. Mm. It's kind of the same thing, I guess, but it's ADD technically is, you know, something that you get when you have to do monotonous tasks, when you have to do the same thing over and over again, or you have to do things you don't want to do. Like for me, I hate working on agreements. I hate working on, you know, attorney stuff. I hate doing like, you know, CAD work in my business is very monotonous. You're looking at Pantone colors and cross-checking everything. And I just, that's, I just don't like that stuff. I'm just not that good at it. The stuff that I'm good at is, you know, looking for inspiration and designing and looking for new customers and talking to customers and those kind of things. Like, I love that stuff. Yeah. Um, I love doing this. You know, we've, we've taken a break, but I, I've just been in a strange headspace the past six to eight months, to be honest. But, um, you know, it's, it's, there's like when you get a new idea and it's the best idea or, and you feel like you're, that idea is so new. It almost feels like your back is against the wall. You don't, mm. when we, we were talking about this before the podcast. You don't, when your back is against the wall, you just, you start to just get shit done. No matter what, yeah. nothing can get yeah. in your way. Nothing. If you're, if your next meal is on the line, nothing can get in your way. That next month's rent is due in four days. You'll figure out a way to find money in four days that you didn't know you could do. Um, how do you keep that mentality on an everyday 
everyday basis is the struggle. You know, how do we keep that? And how do you also rest? How do you also keep a peace of mind? Spend time with your family. Like I used to be able to do it a lot better now that I have a family and a child and another child on the way. um, It's like, okay, I can't just be the dad that's gone all the time. I have to be at home playing with my son. And I start thinking of his face and I want to get home and I want to see his face and I want to hear him say daddy. And I want to like be here with him, but I'm, I'm getting... I can't wait for the time to change so I can start coming home a few days a week to help him ride, ride his bike better and stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, but those are like my sacrifice right now is, is a lot of that stuff, but you know, hopefully I won't have to work much longer. So that's my goal, but um, kind of getting, getting off track or just the, the way that we accept our failures, I think is it says a lot about the amount of wisdom that, that we carry because yeah, knowing, it- knowing your emotion is not necessarily real. It's real, but it's not necessarily, it's not permanent. It's not something tangible. It's not something you can take or feel. You can get rid of it. I'm yeah, not, I'm not that great at getting rid of it, but I know it's possible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, by no means I'm trying to say that I, I've mastered something. It's like not getting hung up on the, that the permanence of things. Cause nothing's permanent besides death. Right. That's the only thing that's, I mean, maybe you could think of a few other things, but things that nothing, everything's fleeting in a way. But it, it, how do you remember that when you're so deep in it? You know, I'm still trying to figure it out. You know, I think meditation obviously helps. Exercise has helped me a lot. Those days where if I just get up and sweat, I'm more and more likely going to have a really good feeling day. That's the best. But yeah. It's sweat every day. Exercising you know. is the best. If, if people out there, if you're not exercising and you're having bad days, a lot of bad days, you're a lot of bad thoughts, fucking just go exercise, lift heavy weights, do, find a, yeah. cir- cir- a circuit training class that lasts like 45 minutes and ones that make you just do all kinds of stuff. It's just, it, it, it change, it'll change your life. Really I really fell in love with biking again. I used to bike every day as a kid. And I brought my mountain bike out here. I probably haven't ridden that bike in 10 years. I ride almost every day now. It's just like, that's it brings awesome. me so much joy. And that's like, what better thing that's you find an activity like surfing or that where you're getting exercise and it's bringing you just a lot of fun and joy mm-hmm. while you're doing it. Cycling's and something best, else man. too. I, I mean, I, I'm very lucky where, where I live, there's a gym in the apartment complex. So I can just like mm-hmm. walk downstairs. So I'll go and I'll start doing some weight training and then I'll get inspired with an idea and just leave everything and quit my workout to go work on something. Like, I love that Mm. shit. Also taking that, some advice that, you know, I learned of, you know, inspiration's a fleeting commodity as well. When you, when it, when it strikes, don't let it go to waste, like drop everything. Mm -hmm. If something has inspired you enough to go do it or at least go start it, you know, so it doesn't go like, Oh, here's this really great idea. I feel passionate about then just, leave it. But I feel I have gotten a lot more of those since getting back into exercising regularly again. Yeah. I just, I just stop and take notes and and then I'll keep working out. I get that a lot. Um, especially like leg workouts, like, uh, squats, like heavy squats. I mean, obviously Mm. don't do them too heavy where it's going to blow, blow your knee out, but do a squat where you can do eight to eight to 12 reps, you know, like that, it, it gets your, testosterone flowing it just gets you this whole nother high for like another day or two i love it yeah i I try to do squats at least once once a week um and then cycling is like cycling is tough because you need to have the time and 
when you do start doing longer rides, you get tired for a while. It takes you a little bit to adjust to it. You know, like I, I can't mm. go out in the mornings and do like a 30 mile hard ride because I'll be smoked the rest of the day if I oh, ride yeah. hard. If I ride easy, I'm pretty good, you know, but it's. Um, I mean, I'll just go out for an hour 40 or 40 minutes great. or something, you know, just something because it's more about mm. the getting the endorphins going, the brain working than even how hard you're necessarily working out or something. Yes. Cy- cycling is not about how far you go. It's about the the amount of rides that you do. You know, it's, yeah. it's, 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 you don't get in shape from long rides. You get in shape from a, a lot of rides. Yeah. Well, dude, so. I mean, I mean, I gotta say also, you've been a huge inspiration for me. Cause you're always like calling me with the, like pump you up talk or something. <laughs> you're like, you, know, <laughs> you, can't, you only fail when you quit. You can never quit. You gotta keep going. But, I mean, what's, <laughs> what's, what's your thing? Cause I know, you know, you, you've had, you've had just in life, a lot of ups and downs. You're having a lot of ups and downs right now. What is your thing where, when it is too overwhelming, when it's like that thing we all face where we go, what's the fucking point? What keeps you get up, getting up in the morning? I have that. I've been, man, I don't know what it is. Like it, there's just times where I get like depressed, you know, I, I battle de- depression still at times. And, uh, things are not easy a lot of times and I'm working by myself a lot. I'm usually in my office by myself <clears throat> um, since pan- pandemic, which is better. I don't, don't like babysitting employees. I have people that are working outside, which is, you know, it's fine, but um, just getting adjusted to life with a, with, with a kid, you know, my, you know, cat and I, our lives have been dramatically changed and we are now, you know, living together with a child and learning to live together is also, you know, I, th- I think it's important to also recognize a person that lives with you is a roommate, you know, and there you guys, you know, that we, you know, have to w- watch out for each other and stuff. But um, then business, you know, has been a little slow start this year. We just had our best year ever, but just the, with the way things happened, the, uh, a lot of the supply chain issues, things got backed up and a lot of people got product late after holiday. So they're being careful, but of course they're going to try to catch it up again. Um, and, you know, it's just kind of when you start taking on a lot of things that you don't want to do, a lot, a lot of mm-hmm. things in my business, I, like the things I was talking about before, I'm doing all the, a lot of those things right now. I'm working on hiring someone full time. So it's, it's, it's temporary. You know, and I have help. I, my, my, my partner is great and he, he'll help solve any solution I have. I think a lot of times I, I don't ask enough. Um, but I tend to get in, in my head, like, what am I doing? Like, fuck this. And I'm just like, I'll start getting these like thoughts of like, like, you know, fuck this. Like, I don't what the fuck am I doing? Like, what, what's it all for? Da, da, da. And then I just get past it. And then I'll, I'll either, I'll be like, okay, I got to go to the gym. I got to go for a run. I got to go for, I got to surf tomorrow morning. Um, I was taking a lot of Kratom this year too. I did, I probably got slightly addicted to Kratom, um, which I've been, cut it way down almost nothing. It wasn't that hard. It's not, mm. it's not nothing like a opiate or something. Um, yeah. Was probably smoking a little too much weed also too. I backed off of that. You know, I don't like to be high, especially around my my kid anymore. Uh, drinking has been pretty mellow for me now. Ever since I quit drinking the, the last time, I don't. I have like one or two glasses of wine now, and I'm fine. 
uh, you know, but it's like, I'm, you know, I, I feel like I've come on here and talked about a lot of spirituality and stuff. And then I feel, I feel like I've lost it up until the past couple months. Um, mm. I feel like, I feel like I'm like, why would I go on the podcast and talk about, you know, I don't not, and, I, and I've never tried to come off as what people should do, but you try to give advice in a situation when half the time I came and follow it, you know, trying to give like, mm. especially like relationship advice. I'm not really one to like give that. Like I know, I, I know what to do a lot of the times, but I get in my head, I get in my head and, and it's hard. It's hard to control your thoughts. It's hard, you know, if, you know, someone's not, you don't feel like you're being heard, you know, it's hard if you don't feel like you're, you're important. And I want to just, this can be some real advice for men out there. If I'm going to give some, some advice, it's, you know, new dads. Okay. This advice is for new dads. If you don't have a kid, then just fast forward this part. If you're a new dad, you're not important. You're just not. Just you're about to have a kid. You're not important. Don't think that you are. You're not. You're there to facilitate. You're there to wash dishes. You're there to, you better learn how to change diapers. I know some fucking guys that don't change diapers and you're sissies. Get your ass in the diapers. <laughs> Easy, dude. You grab both legs like a fucking chicken, you know? <laughs> but you're not shit. We're not shit. As new dads, we're nothing, okay? We're there to fucking, to use our backs and our elbows and not our mouths. Learn from me. <laughs> <laughs> Your mouth doesn't mean shit. Keep it closed. You know, only only use it to ask her if, if she needs something. Um, I have another kid on the way. So again, me saying this right now is me trying to uh, really uh, bring these to light at what I need to do for number two. I made a lot of mistakes. Um, not going to speak for her, but uh, it is a fucking battlefield, man. It is from, you know, you don't know how the pre pregnancy goes. Like her, her first one was gnarly. Second one has been decent so far. Um, you know, I also uh, want to say to new dads that uh you just, you know, and I said this in the first podcast, just hang in there, just hang in there. You know, it's, it's a, uh, it's something that we're going to get through. Let's, let's try to look at it like a, like a university, you know, there's about four years and it's going to be tough. <laughs> there's always going to be new, new, new challenges. There's always going to be new things, but I think the main thing is to really just go into having a child and just know that you're not shit and you're not special. We're all going through it. Everyone's gone through it. Every dad has gone through or is going through what you're going through or went through. So it's just the way it is. And it's probably been like this for however long humans have been here, you know, hundreds of thousands of years. So um, I get it though. It's not the same time right now as it normally is. And we're all dealing with different shit externally. Try to cut a lot of those things out recently. I haven't followed most of my, you know, political accounts and stuff, but I still like to post some stuff. It's 
I, I just like to point out all the hypocrisy and I like to predict what's happening by the bullshit I see. I love it. But um, yeah, I don't know. That's my best advice to new dads is just don't think you're fucking anything. Just be nothing. Be Just be there. And that's what I'm trying to learn how to do still. And that's what I see the best path ahead for me is to just know that I'm not special. I'm not like, I don't need to be heard for a while. I need to just shut up, you know, like Lisa Law, that podcast that I fucked up. She was great. I was telling her a story and stuff. She goes, I'm going to go back out there and, and interview her. She's so awesome. She's just like, I'm like telling her my story. Oh, it's this and that. She won't listen to me with this. And I, I'm, I'm like this and just this and that's happening. She goes, I, tell, I was talking to her for like 20, 30 minutes. And she's like, you know what you, you need to do, Adam? I was like, what? It's like, what? Like, think, think she's, she's like, this woman like shot like Bob Dylan and you, all these like, you know, friends with all these like famous like musicians and shit back in the day. She's like, you know what you need to do, Adam? You need to just shut the fuck up. <laughs> That's not what I wanted to hear, but I guess you're right. Oh, damn it. So I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah. So that's, you know, that's, that's about it. So it's like, at, at a, you know, you, you made a decision to do this and here you are. You know, it's not, no one said it was going to be easy. And, you know, I, I sometimes think, damn, I waited 43 years you know, to, to get to this and like, and I just want to, I don't know. I'm constantly figuring out like, what's the way to stay happy in this moment? What's the way to appreciate this moment? This moment sucks. This moment's great. And then I look over at Sebi wearing something cool and smiling and laughing. I'm like, God damn, this is cool. Yeah. You know, but then, but then there's other things like I, like I took him to the Mo- monster jam. Oh, nice. night. I, yeah. I like had, had him to, this weekend, the, the whole weekend to, to myself, and I went to the Monster Jam, just watching his face walking in the stadium for the first time, and I bought him a cool boot, bootleg T-shirt in the parking lot. But that's what it's all about now. You know, that's it. I want to leave yeah. him. I want to leave him and and the new one on top. I don't want them to have to have financial struggles. I don't want them to have to have the same bullshit, you know, hood type struggles that that I had as a kid, you know? Yeah. And uh, that's going to come from me just shutting the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) That's almost like your prompt, right? Like before I react in the situation, if I shut the fuck up, what will the end result be? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Like exactly it. That's exactly it. Okay. I have two options here. One is to speak. (laughs) The other is to shut the fuck up. You know, we're talking about like emotional awareness, right? Isn't that kind of like mastering your emotions? Like, okay, here's what I want to say. What will come out of that? You know what? I'll feel really good when I say that. If I let everyone know what I'm thinking, I'm going to feel really good. Then 10 seconds later, what's going to happen? You know, if I shut the fuck up, I'm not going to feel as good in the right now, but things will probably be more peaceful <laughs> later. Well, and I can talk you know, from a more calm place. Yeah. And isn't there a certain, you know, there's, there's old sayings that I always love going back to old sayings. Cause they're all so, they all mean something. They all came from somewhere short. Cause it doesn't and they came from somewhere so fucking real. Right. Like I yeah. was just talking about the one 
the other day of the story about the boy who who cried wolf. Like how that is just, you know, that's one of the most like profound things ever for like a young child to 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 hear. Yeah. But um, but just like but the old saying of like what's the one about you know like silence is de- deafening. You know, like silent, mm-hmm. like 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 it speaks volumes to be silent. Mm-hmm. You know, it speaks mm-hmm. volumes to be quiet. And you know, something else that's been working for me really good, you know, that I've been into lately is uh, is a, a prayer and and being devoted to to God and giving my gratitude to to God for the things that I have. Like, you know, there's so many new opportunities popping up in my life, like right now. And that's crazy that I just had this conversation before I'm saying this, but there's so many new things popping up business-wise that are going to be, could be life-changing. And the other day, you know, Kat was like, she was like, yeah, she's like, God, all these opportunities are just coming to you right now. It's crazy. Like, like what, like, you know, I'm all, it's, it's God. Like, yeah. I've been, pre- I've been praying for these and they're showing up and I can't deny that. I can't act mm-hmm. like it was me. I'm not the one doing this. I'm not going to do anything. Not me. It's like, it's, it's, things aren't coming my way, you know, things coming my way because I've been at it for so long, but there could not be coming my way. Also, I've been in deep, deep ruts where nothing was coming my way and I had to just figure shit out. But right now there's things kind of popping up that are like, Whoa, where'd that one come from? Whoa, that guy called me. Whoa, that guy called me back. Like, Whoa, this meeting happened, you know, and it's all from these relationships that I've kind of manifested and and really nurtured over the, the years. But I just got to keep giving gratitude back, back to God and, and everything that, and the more I put into that and the more I'm living in, in those kind of foot, footsteps and those, those, you know, that way is the, the more that is our fam, my family's going to thrive, you know, that our family's going to thrive, that everything's going to thrive. Yeah. Well, you know, to me, it's like why they call it's like a gratitude practice. It's a practice. Like, you can find the smallest thing to give gratitude to. And it's one of those things where it's almost like you're rewiring your mind where instead of finding the things then to look negatively upon or aren't happening, you start having gratitude for all the things that are, then all the things that aren't happening kind of start taking up less of your brain or something, you know, mm-hmm. it, but it's a practice. It's hard. Like the, the silence thing, something hit me the other day. Again, it was thanks to an interview I heard with Naval Ravikant where you know, I don't know if other people. How do you say his name? Say, say it a little Ravikant. It's N-A-V-A-L-R-A-V-I-K-A-N-T, I believe. Okay, we'll we'll try to we'll we'll put a yeah. link to his podcast. He has in, a great show like a three hour podcast of just a bunch of. He's a very wise dude. He's like dropping knowledge bombs left and right. I have to thank my friend cool. Devin for showing saying this podcast to me because it's just like I would listen to like thirty minutes at a time and just soak it in for the day. But he was actually, he was talking to Joe Rogan when he said this about meditating. He's like, you know, people make it too complicated. He's like, it's just, you're just sitting and doing nothing. And I started to look at meditation that way of like, what if I just sit for a really uncomfortable period of time? Because like things like Vipassana retreats where you're sitting in silence for 10 days seem terrifying to me. The silence for that long, right? So I I started doing that in the morning of like, okay, what, what seems uncomfortable? Well, 20 minutes seems like a long time. Cool. I should do 25 minutes of just sitting. And I'm not trying to like focus on all, you know, all these techniques that are out there for meditation, which can be useful. But instead, what if I just sit 
And when I have a thought I'm realizing and thinking about too much, just let it go. Focus on the fact that there's air coming in and out of my nose and sit there for a long time. And you know what? Things tend to seem a lot more calm when I come out of it. And it's not this complicated technique, you know, still not like I'm achieving nirvana by doing it, but you realize like how much our brain can easily spiral out of control. Mm-hmm. You know, because even even that, in in excited times, you're thinking about something you're excited about. Then you're like, okay, cool. I just realized this is taking up a lot of my brain right now. I have an idea. I'm going to write it down. Next thought. That's what I love about my bike, and I yeah. go out on these on these. Oh, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Shit. This thing is not like to be touched. You can hear me, okay? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, when I'm on my bike and I'm on these long rides and when I'm not listening to a podcast or audiobook or something, I'm like, you know, you're, you're in it and you're just listening, you're just listening to your thoughts and you're going over stuff and I get great ideas. We had a, we, we did a 75 mile bike ride like two, two weeks ago on a Sunday, mm-hmm. did 45 last weekend. We did a 75 mile bike ride. It was the longest one I've done in years. I haven't never done over. I mean, I've done, I've done longer, but in year, this has been like three or four years since I've done one that long. And I was hurting. It was, it was painful. The last 20 miles hurt bad. I was not, I wasn't ready for it. I shouldn't have even rode that long, but my friends called me out. So I did it. But the, the pain is so much on a bike. It it's, it's, Miserable. The last 20 miles were miserable. Front of my legs were getting, were so lit up. And then that part never hurts. Like from the inside of your crotch down to your knee. Mm. Yeah. Um, that part never hurts when I'm riding. And there, it's always the outside or my calves or, or my glutes. But um, the time after the ride for like two or three hours, I was having these downloads were crazy. I, mm. I even told Kat about it. I was like, I came back. I was like, man, I was talking about things that were like random. I'm like, this is, and I started like thinking about things. I started being like, man, I got to do this. I got to do that. And uh, I think like when it's important to do things that deplete yourself, mm. like you, like every once in a while, like my neighbor, <laughs> dude, my neighbor's so rad. His name's Dan. I was down surfing at, in Newport one day. We live in Long Beach and he was, I was changing out of my wetsuit. And he was walking by. I'm like, he's all, Adam, what's up, man? I'm like, Dan, what's up? What are you doing? He's like, oh, we just walked down here. I'm like, what? He's talking about it. It's like 25, it's like 20 miles. He's like, yeah, yeah, we just walked. Decided to start walking. It took us yeah. like four, it took him like, you know, however many hours. And then I think, I think he got a cab back, but he just wanted to see how, how far he could walk. I just think that, I don't think a lot of people know what it's like to push yourself a full day like that, or where you're just, done like Mm. done done you know like 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 when you go hiking yeah i was just gonna say hiking is if i need to clear my head that's the number one thing and it's it's almost for me less of the depleting myself but more of this the action of like a repetitive motion like walking so you have to focus on walking but you almost clear out all the junk in your head by doing so and you're like walking up a steep hill so you're also pushing yourself Mm -hmm. you know so it's like the action of that of the exercise and yeah i guess yeah, you're depleting this like kind of stagnant energy in you that's building up and causing your brain to kind of be on a loop on some shit you don't want to think about. You know, yeah. you come out of it and you're just like, cool, I got this. 
I'm good. I got good ideas now. You're not festering yeah. on the same thing that you were. So you've been saying that you've been called to do, uh, you've, you've been feeling a calling to do ayahuasca again soon. Yeah. You know, I, um, I was thinking it's interesting The you know, you, you took me for my, my first two ceremonies and those two ceremonies have been coming up a lot for me, like lessons from like very deep lessons from it. And, uh, when I was in on a road trip and going through, uh, the Zuni nation, I, I, also realized a lot of the visions that I had the the second time we sat and then everything, you know, things just started making sense. Things I, I witnessed about my childhood as I started doing some uh, inner child work, which, you know, I recommend for people to look into as a powerful practice of realizing that most things that we freak out about now have to deal with how needs that we had as a child that weren't met. And we never learned how to fully develop our brains to fulfill those needs as adults. So we almost have to go back and treat it like a child and to rewire our brains to realize we have the capability to fulfill those needs now in an adult way because we have the resources now. And a lot of that came up my first few times doing ayahuasca. And I, I haven't felt called in a while, but yeah, it's one of those where I'm, all of a sudden you start getting the, the itch where you're like, all right, next time it comes around, uh, I, I will be saying yes kind of thing. I got invited to go to one in Brazil for 10 days with the Yawanoa mm -hmm. tribe. Oh, wow. In April, though, I don't, I, I can't pull that right now. I'm like running the company close to, I mean, not by myself, but, you know, I don't think yeah. I'd be able to do it. I, I wouldn't be able to pull myself out of the Western culture that long to get my, you know, I'd be stressed out. Yeah. But there's, but there's a local one that I'd like, like to do soon, a couple of days, maybe. Yeah, so, I know the circles are happening again, coming out of COVID now that more and more are meeting. And yeah, it's one of those where I'm like, yeah, I could I could go for some medicine. Yeah, I, th I think I need to get a little little brush up, you know? Yeah, um, a little check-in. <laughs> yeah, a little check-in. Even even one like heavy night might be good. But I never have that good of a night the first night. Second night's always better. It's That's why I like doing three. Night. Yeah. First night's always like the, the medicine's just getting in you the first night. The second night is like, it's already in you. It's doing cleaning out the cobwebs <laughs> the first night. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah. Man. I mean, I think, I think that you're bringing up some, some powerful points. You know, I, I think it's, it's, I've found for me, it's really easy to, to talk when you're in a good place. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I remember in Matthew McConaughey's book, he, he said something about basically journal when times are really good. Because I, I tend to, I don't know about everyone else, I tend to journal a lot when I'm feeling shitty. You know, it's like, that's when, I've, it, it's really therapeutic, it's really good, and I'm not saying not to do that, but also remember when times are good, journal. Because when times are really bad, you have at least something to look back on of, what was I doing when I was feeling really good? And I think it helps you kind of also remember that it is also just a moment, and it too will pass. And to try to be present for that, like you are present for something that you're really enjoying, even though it is not nearly as fun or as nice or feels nearly as good. It's just as important. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think I think we take the good times for, for granted when things are good. Yeah. And I think the people have realized that through the pandemic are like, wait a minute, I used to be able to just go wherever I wanted. It's loosening up now. People are starting to go, you know, go go hard now. It's cool, but I think we these good times 
I'm noticing the good times now within my home and business more, more than ever. It's like, okay, but I also don't get comfortable in them either. Mm. I enjoy them, but I'm always like, okay, what's next? What's around the corner here? Why is it so easy right now? You know, and I know that's, that's a, that's like, you know, I, I, I try to think back to like primal thinking, you know, like, the, hey, we, we just had a lot of, a big feast and a lot of animals, a lot of food or a lot of, you know, our grains were good this year. Doesn't mean we just eat them all. We have to still, you know, ration, you know, so yeah. are we, are we taking those good times and rationing? Are we taking the bad times and rationing? It's like, how can we compare those two and make them similar and know that they're, that they're, they're happening to us because we deserve them. Two Do sides we, of the same coin. Is it two sides of the same coin? Do you deserve the bad? Do you deserve the good? Is it, do we, does something good happen? And you're like, I, I deserve that. Hell yeah. Something bad happened and you go, I deserve that. Mm. I think it's usually of- easier on the bad time to be self-deprecating <clears throat> and say, yeah, I deserve that. I deserve this or wallowing in your own pity of it. You know, to me, it's Sometimes. Like, is it even about that we deserve it or is it, it's just happening? I think in, in your gut, you know, I think, mm. I think in pe- people's, in my gut, I know whether my ego wants to o- override that and tell it no. Cause like, I've always looked at my, my gut feeling is like my gift from God, right? That's God mm-hmm. talking to me. My gut is God talking to me. I know that for sure, because I can override it and be like, eh, nah, I can make this work. Or like, go into a deal where I know it's a little something could go sideways and we just overlooked that part because we, we can make it work. But my gut was kind of telling me the whole time, well, mm, I don't know, dude, you know, but at the same time, do you want to live life so safe that you're just running your own lemonade stand, you know? So it's like, there's a, there's a risk that your gut tells you not to do. And it's like, at what point do you want to keep taking that risk? You know, what point do you want to keep covering God's mouth and saying, Hey God, I got this. Don't worry. Yeah. Let me figure it out. I mean, let me figure up, it out. if you get through it, okay. You know, it ends up being a valuable lesson, but how many times do you want to learn the lesson? Yeah. It's like, it's like gambling, basically, you know, yeah. gambling is that is winning gambling an act from God. <laughs> I mean, have you ever heard anyone say, you know what? I had this opportunity come up and I went against my intuition and it totally worked and everything in my life is better. You ever heard anyone say that? No. Uh-uh. <laughs> yeah. I totally went against my intuition and it really paid off. Actually, my yeah. life is significantly better now. My gut told me everything wrong and I was right. Right. <laughs> it just I mean, doesn't happen like that. The, our intuitions are greatest gift from God. Yeah. With, our brains with, just tend to fuck everything up without it. Like we would never, we wouldn't be here. We'd gotten eaten by the dinosaurs because we were, you know, riding around on T-Rexes back in the day. Are we sick? I don't, probably. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping so. I hope our ride a, ride ancestors a, were riding a T-Rex. I want to ride a fucking pterodactyl. <laughs> Go hunting. What do you do, man? I mean, I hunt with pterodactyls, man. What about you? Bow and arrow off on a pterodactyl. And spears. Putting down deer. Get a, just get a get a big old fucking dinosaur bird looking thing. Feed it to the family. Drag it home. <laughs> have, have the pterodactyl like pick it up and drop it off at the village. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Dude, I think you bring up such an important point, which you know I think 
the two things we can pull away from our talk is like one, always listen to your own advice, which is for everyone the hardest thing to do. Everyone I think gives can give really good advice. It's another thing to actually take our own advice, mm-hmm. but also balance. Cause like what you're just saying is how do you in- reap what you sowed, you know, like enjoy your harvest and fully enjoy it and not be scared of like, will it happen again? But be hungry and have that mentality of like, oh, I enjoyed this. So now I'm energized to work to do it again. So you stay hungry in that sense of like, you're not getting complacent of like, it'll work out, but you're not fearful. We're into a point where you're not enjoying the work that you've done and the rewards that you deserve. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's there's cal- calculated risk. You know, I, I think that's what yeah. it all com- comes down to. I think we we if you're... In an extreme sports athlete, you know how big of waves you you can handle. You know how big of a gap you can ollie. You know if you're in business, you know how much you can afford to to lose. Uh, if you're an investor, you're probably hopefully not buying too many meme coins. <laughs> if you're if you're you know if you. <laughs> Dude, I'm just imagining like the CEO of Wells Fargo is just like, we're putting just, all of our money into Shiba, dude. All of it. It's all all on SHIB. Just put it all on FAG and SHIB and just, you know, feed every gorilla. <laughs> but but the uh and then with with your heart also, yeah. like that, that's a big one. Yeah. Like calculated risk with Biggest your heart. One. You know, what what are you allowed? How much are you allowed to fall and are you willing to fall to give yourself to, to this person? That's, that's the hard one because some people don't come back. And some people, you know, I'm, I'm trying to teach my, my son this. He, he had some, some little punk at the park the, the other day vibe, vibe him out and he, he peed his pants afterwards. I was mm-hmm. pissed. I told him, you know, late later on, he was like, I was like, that, you know, that boy said something to you, huh? He's like, yeah. He's like, why'd you, why'd you pee your, your, your pants? He's like, it said kind of like, you know, that boy, you know, the park, the boy. And I'm like, man, I'm like, there's one thing that you, you got to know, buddy, is like when people are saying bad things to you, that's how they think about themselves. Mm. And it has nothing to do with you. You know, it's that simple. And so... I think a lot of people that can look at that in in a in the sense of like dating and love is when I was single, it was like, well, I knew, you know, who I want, a type of person that I wanted to be with and type of person, people that I would have fun with. <clears throat> and I also knew my limits, you know, around which type type of person that I, you know, whether that was a person that party too much or a person that you know, even talk too much or wanted to lay around too much or they want to do this or that. It's like, where's that balance and what can you, what can you risk in, in, in your life and how much of your heart can you risk? And are you going to be able to handle that person just dr- stepping on your heart like a hot, hot, like a hot rock? It's going to hurt for a while, you know, but I think if we kind of approach that in the sense of that person is the way they are and it's not about us. They, mm. they, they, they did that because of their own trauma. They did that because of their own upbringing, their own patterns, et cetera. It had nothing to do with me. You know, I think there's, there's things like that that could be taught to a lot of people that would really help them out because people think that someone leaving them or someone dropping them or someone ghosting them is about them. It's not. Yeah. No. It has nothing Man, to do with you. Even the ghosting thing is something as like, minuscule but not minuscule is that like 
my buddy, I had a friend who she, the, the way this guy broke up with her was basically just by never texting her again. And they've been dating for a few, like four or five months, <sighs> you know, and she was all worked up about it. And rightly so. And my friend's like, you know, with ghosting, I always just think is, is people just don't know what to say. So they just don't know how to text back. And it was like something as simple as that, right? Like what you're saying. If it's the hardest thing to put into practice, but it makes sense. It's there's the things I, th- I believe we can take away and grow and learn from from relationships and partnerships where it's like, but it's what we learn about ourselves, right? The, if these things that they lash out and say is this and it's this, it's like, well, those are the insecurities that they're feeling about themselves a lot of times. But we can also learn from that. But it's not something that it means that we're a flawed individual and we're broken and we're unworthy and all these stories we can tell ourselves. It's not that at all. You know, yeah, and I think every relationship like that too is, is it just shows you a little bit more of what you want and what you don't want. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and I, I agree that the calculated risk thing, if whether it's a business partnership or a romantic partnership, but the, the scariest thing is what if you allow yourself to love to your full capability or trust, mm-hmm. right? What is the calculated risk of being um, broken by that, mm-hmm. being heartbroken by it? You know, it, that's the attachment aspect of it. It's the part where by their, maybe it's their validating conf- and we're finding confirmation bias in the insecurities we have about ourselves with it. Because when you start thinking of it in the way you're, you're talking about, we should be bulletproof. But we're still human and we still have emotions and we still have insecurities. So balancing those calculated risks and trying to remember as best as we can, it's it's not me, it's you. <laughs> if I could go, dude, if I could go back and give my young Adam self one piece of advice on dating when I'm getting seriously involved with someone, mm. find out what that person, what their childhood was like. Mm. you know and then have they worked through that if there's issues you know like, mm. like, like if you're if like you know if i was a girl dating me when i was younger and they told me i told him about my childhood and then i hadn't really worked any of it out yet i would have ran from me yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. because we're all just old children we're still, we're just old children. That's it. We don't, I haven't changed as a person really like my core, who I am and my, my humor and the things I laugh at and the things I think are fun and the things I want to do. And it's still the same stuff. It really is. You know, I wish I could still skate every day. I wish I could surf every day. I still want to draw. I still want to go hang with my friends and I want to talk to you and I want to do things. I want to like, dress cool and make cool clothing and those are things that i wanted to do always yeah i'm still that and it's just now i have a bunch more res- responsibility so i think you know if you in and, and so also like you know how you know what was that person's family like i wish i would have like been able to pay attention to, to that more and it's like because it matters it really does it, it's it sucks for us to have broken families it's gonna we have we have a hand, handicap we have a bit of a, a hurdle, but how can we prove to that person that we're not just a victim of that, that we actually use that to become a better person? Right. It comes back to taking responsibility for everything in your yeah. life. 
Yeah. As soon as you play the victim, you don't have control of your life anymore. Yeah. And man, and again, it's like, you know, we are, we're, we're children at the end of the day, we're all children. And there's a part of it of in life it's the best thing to get back to being a child. One, you'll find more joy out of the finding play out of life. That life can be really fun. Like you treat it when you're a kid. And then two, what has hit me so hard is going back to re-examine those needs that weren't met for us as a child and how they develop now in how we act out. When I act out at my girlfriend, I'm like, okay, is it really my girlfriend right now? Or is it six-year-old Brandon realizing he couldn't, he felt like he wasn't making his dad happy and that meant he wasn't going to get loved or something, mm-hmm. you know, is it that? And is it that I need to now take a deeper dive into that and refigure how I process these triggers, these emotions and realize I'm older now. I have many more years. So don't process it in the same way that I did at six. Do the work now to process it like an adult. But that takes going back and being a child and and viewing that and looking into that childhood again and how we, how our emotions processed, how our needs were and weren't met. And there's nothing wrong with our childhoods necessarily by that. That's not saying that our parents did or didn't do a good job as I'm sure, you know, all of us find out at some point, our parents just were doing the best that they could. And a lot of them did a really great job, but there's always going to be needs that weren't met. And we developed ways of coping with that from a young age that it's like our responsibility to figure out how to cope with, with the tools we have now as grown adults. Mm-hmm. Well said, man. On on that one, I gotta go pick pick up the kid. I gotta run. Nice. Yeah. All right, man. Well, it was good chat. He's, he's at grandma's. He's been there all day. He loves it. He loves grandma. Nice. So fun to watch. <laughs> Get some good grandma time. Yeah. All right, man. This is great right, ca- catching up. Let's do another one th- this week. Let's keep these flowing. Yep. We'll keep them out, cranking them out. All right. All right. Love you, buddy. Bye.